Welcome to Numb Bill Sam Podcast. It's your boy Dave and Adam Deacon, hey, my, my bud. That's me. Cross from here. What's going on? It's March 3rd. It's a Thursday. If you haven't checked out our uh, last podcast, we did that on a thing called a Monday. Yeah, most people go to real work. We do this. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's all right. But we're here. We're proud. And uh, we have a lot of Bills news for you today. So welcome to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast, brought to you by NumbBillsFan.com. Don't forget it. In the NumbBillsFan.com studios, brought to you by NumbBillsFan.com. NumbBillsFan.com. Keep it going. Anyways, the Bills have released some players. Real quick rundown. Anthony Dixon, Craig Urbic, and the big one, Mario Williams, and also a little side one, which is not... It's kind of weird. Marquise Gray, the extra tight end, good season, went on IR, broke his forearm. Yeah. Something crazy. I was shocked with that because I thought they really liked him. But so. Well, I mean, how many, how many big, burly back type dudes can you have? I mean, we got Jerome Felton on the roster. We don't know what what they're planning on doing with. Right. Them. You got Nick O'Leary. You picked up. Right. So yeah, that tight end that tight end area was a little crazy. And on a side note about tight ends, because uh, we're just rambling here to get to Mario Williams. Frankly, don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I liked what Mar- Marquise Gray looked like, but yeah, he wasn't a he wasn't a full time contributor to that offense. I liked him though. He he was very he he made plays and he was a versatile player. And I think when you have a versatile player like that, it, it's very uh, important. But they had to clear some cap space and. You know, release of Mario Williams saved twelve point nine million on the cap, which by the way is seven million dead cap, meaning you cannot do a damn thing with that seven million dollars. It's over. Eh. Which that's seven that's why I was saying last week or last podcast, it would be really nice financially if you even gave him ten mil a year and which Jerry Hughes plays for nine to give you an idea. So to give him ten mil a year and have it cost you two million, then have seven million that you can't even use. You're talking three players, two players, right? So, release of Mario. I I I really think that once he started making noises, like if they're willing to compromise with me, you know, on the ski, bitch, this is Rex Ryan's system. Get your head out of your ass. Get in line, and Rex Ryan could make you a Hall of Famer. Maybe, or maybe it's just not going to work, and it's best for both sides to just move on, you know? And it really sucks because of Mario Williams, you know, you had the Mario watch. And and that Mario Williams signing was one of the best things that happened to Buffalo, I think, because I was a believer when they kicked Jerron out the door. And they cleared the front office, and they're like, look, they moved Brandon away, 
Ross ran away from anything with personnel. And they had Buddy Nix just come in, and it's like, man, he's hiring dumbass, one of his dumbass friends, Rolf, being cheap Rolf, you know, the narrative in our head that we sing that I yell at people not to think, but I used to think it too, but didn't tell anybody. And you just think, man, it's Buddy Nix guy. But one of the first things Buddy Nix did was release McCargo. <laughs> Absolutely useless. And he started doing the common sense, not Bill's what the hell are you doing things, but just like Buddy Nix are doing common sense things. He brought in Doug Whaley from the Pittsburgh organization. And, and then two years later to have Mario Williams come in, how the hell... Did you talk that guy into coming to Buffalo? Now, yeah, we're believers. We're, you know, believers in the team. But, I mean, you got you to gotta be kidding me. You know me what? I think, I think as Bills fans, we all have this kind of delusion that because we love our team so much, that's going to make guys want to play here. I think fans really, like, buy buy too much into that sometimes. But... Yeah, no, you're it, seriously. Like we we expect everyone to be like, oh yeah, we got Bills Mafia out here. Like they're gonna love it here. But I mean, the weather is shit. You can't argue that. Well, I, it does fit his lifestyle. No dome, which I mean, I don't want to move the stadium. I don't, I don't want a dome. But that's for that's for another show. We're not talking about yeah. The but the, but what I'm saying is Buffalo seemed to be like to fit Mario Williams seemed to be his kind of place, you know, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, he seemed he seemed happy here for a few years at least, you know. Yeah, and it's he thrived for for a minute, and I almost wonder if you're going to see him maybe reunite with Jim Schwartz, maybe in Philadelphia, or go somewhere with a similar system. So you know, I I think he's going to try to find a spot where he can be. If he didn't go to Jim Schwartz, he's nuts. I mean, it would be... He's not. I, I heard the Giants are interested in, in having him visit. Somebody brought up the Raiders, Khalil, you know, him with Khalil Mack, what do you mean, monsters? I think he has it in the tank, and and it just makes me sad because you, you just hear guys, you know, I was listening to John Murphy, and he had Gil Brandt on from ESPN, and he's talking about how the scouts with Mario Williams... He's like, when you have hardened scouts with drool coming out of their mouth, that really means that person's a specimen. And Mario Williams was that guy. Just an absolute, just amazing. And just a specimen. And you hear that, and it's like, I just get sad. I just get sad because we had that guy in the building. And if you heard this from other teams, you know, I, 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 I sometimes think like, man, that guy, why didn't he work over there? He could come over here and work. And it's kind of like it, if this guy was released and he had a different name, I'd want him on the Bills. So it kind of sucks that that worked out that way with Mario Williams in the end. But the, the thing that bothers me the most is $7 million in dead cap. So what happened is... Right after they released Mario Williams, Cordy Glenn got tagged, got the franchise tag. 
So take that 13 mil from Mario Williams, throw it on the Cordy Glenn with the 13 mil for the franchise tag. Now, if you restructure Cordy Glenn, or not, not restructure, but if you can get a deal done with him, I believe it's July 15th is the day at 4 p.m., something crazy like that, or July 16th, one of those days, you have to get the deal done where you can keep him extended for a bit, and which will bring that $13 million down for his first year. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, there's different ways they can stretch it. Example, as well, is Stefan Gilmore, him restructuring would be enormous because he's due $11 million this year. Mm -hmm. So if he restructures, now don't get me wrong, a, a top cornerback, Patrick Peterson's making $14 million this, year, million this year, and I believe Richard Sherman's making that much or more. I think he might be at, Richard Sherman might be at $60 million. I just looked at the number recently. But point being, Stephon Gilmore is not Richard Sherman. He is not Patrick Peterson. He might, I'd put him, frankly, I think he's on his way. If he had another year, he's like he there. is, yes, yes, yes. But this year has by far been his best year. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is. But I mean, look at the system he's playing. He's, if you're going to pay him 11 mil, you might as well extend him. He's in a system that's always had success with its defense. What I'm backs. wondering is if they extended him this year, right. if there's any, you know, because if they can get him to drop down to 8-9 mil, which that's a far stretch from 11 mil that you do this year on a rookie contract. But if you extend him and they want security, and you got Ron Darby, Darby who's in the fold for another three, four years, you know, Stephon Gilmore, if he somehow got extended, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Doug Whaley mentioned priority is getting Safan Gilmore extended. He mentioned this about a week ago. And if you look at the numbers, to give you an idea, Aquive Tlaib is due nine. It is actually, I should say, average salary is nine point five mil. So Stefan's due around eleven, and you can get him. You know, hopefully around this year. Hey, maybe we'll, maybe you'll get him for seven. You're due three. Or actually, you're due 11, but we'll, we'll pile it on next year. But you also have Clay's contract hitting a little bit heavier next year. Right. So it's paperwork season, but everything just kind of trickles. But we also had a restructure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Corey Graham. Yeah. Corey Graham restructured. He was due four point something mil. And I am not sure of the numbers yet. They're not out. But when they do come out, there's a wonderful website, spottrack.com. And uh, they have any contract, anything you guys want to double check. Everything is on there. And really wonderful because you get to see exactly the direct hits of of the salaries. And they the, the, the most recent transactions for whatever team you select will be at the top. So it's pretty easy. And when you when you're moving all that money around, one, one thing that was a little weird, to or not weird, I should say, is if you want to connect all these dots with the salary cap, the release of Craig Urbic really signified to me 
that if you're going to release a quality guy like Urbic, Urbic was never great, but Urbic was solid. I always felt Urbic was solid. Urbic is the definition to me of your waiver wire pickup guy. Besides being a diamond in the rough, you know what I mean, becoming great, he's what you want. Right. A waiver wire from the Steelers, I believe first year that we were talking about Buddy Nick's coming in, making common sense moves. First year of Doug Whaley as assistant general manager from Pittsburgh. So right. the guy because, he, because of the salary cap, you you know, you obviously can't be you can't have a superstar and be super deep at every single position. He's one of those guys who's great to fill those slots where you can't fill that that you can't afford another top tier guy, you know? He's he's that great middle of the road, like you said. I mean him and Reinhardt were starting. Right. And and I, and I thought they didn't play too bad either, and and that's why it was it was weird when uh, get ready to drink when Doug Marone was playing Cyril Richardson over Craig Urbic. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I did not understand. But what it signified to me is you got your perfect. You want to you want to rip on the GM or or any moves in the last five years. I'm sorry that I, I really feel they've stacked a lot of talent on this roster. Yeah, they have not hit. And, you know, you look at the draft with Terrell Troop second, you know, the Speller draft. Yeah. What really happened? Anyways, you had Marcus Easley, though. So, Mm -hmm. fourth round out of Connecticut. (laughs) But what I'm getting at here is, you know, your release Urbic, that signaled to me that they're really, I think, trying to make room for incognito. And to give you an idea, Ayupati's getting eight mil. The guard that was on San Francisco, yeah. now he's playing with Arizona Cardinals. He got 8 mil, but he did wait to go to a team. What I'm saying is, I think you could look at the situation one of two ways. There's a report out there. Didn't you come across something that said like three years you were telling yeah, me? Yeah, it looked like they were, they were working on a... A three-year deal. I couldn't give you a source on it. I have no idea. I saw it on Facebook. Now, I do have a conspiracy I came up with with, with, with Richie Incognito. Of course you do. Let's okay, go. so here here's the shit on the wall. So, you know, give yourself about two minutes to walk away. Go to the bathroom. Set your phone down. Take out your earphones whatever you're doing. I don't want to know what you're doing right now what else you're doing. Richie Incognito puts out, or the Bills put out the news that Richie didn't like the offer, okay? He laughed at it, okay? Or or Richie, somebody put that out there that he laughed at it. Yeah. Then it comes back, oh, wait a sec. The Bills are offended that he laughed at it. Do you think there could be something along the lines of... They don't want to sign him yet at the hometown discount and then set the rate for the rest of them because he's the number one guard in the league. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is is he'll feel out offers. I don't think he's go- – I personally don't think he's going anywhere. But you could really – not not saying the Bills would even care. The front office would give a shit. But if maybe they have a good relationship with the agent – and they're like, look, 
this, you know, the agent could be like, look, we don't want to, the NFLPA is putting some heat on me, but we don't want to set the market there. Or the player could even be saying, I don't know, but it would make sense if other guards got signed first and then Richie did whatever. I really don't think he's leaving. Um, I, I, I thought he was very passionate about the Bills giving him a chance. And frankly, without the Bills, I, he might have gotten a call by now. And I think the Bills were, are, were well, I'm ahead sure of the he curve. would have. Right. Quality linemen are hard to find around the league. There's not a ton around. And, you know, quite frankly, when when you get a good line working together, it's important to try to try to lock that down and keep it. So, um, they've been talking about that the, thing, the whole The thing time. about it is, you know, it, it did seem like he, em, he embraced his time here coming back to Buffalo. Um, you know, you saw all the little Thanksgiving competition dinner over at Eric Woods place. And if those guys, if those guys are cool on that level off the field, and they're playing well on the field. You'd think he'd want to stick around, but this, at the end of the day, he's uh, he's 32 or 33 now. and It's going to be 33 when the season starts. Right, so. right. and he's... Uh, you, you just how, how, many, how many years is he going to be able to demand top dollar in the league? That's the thing. He knows that, and, and, and I can't blame him. That's why I'm wondering... Maybe they're throwing each other a bone. Maybe, who knows, man? They, they might. I don't know who his agent is. I don't know anything. I don't know what other players he's working with that they might want to get under contract. And, and and that's why I'm saying I would not be shocked if they're just like, look, just let us test the market. And, and it could be really Richard being like, look, let me just see what numbers they want to offer. Because not for nothing, you want to get deep with this incognito shit? Think about this. A lot of people, me included, were like, man, how do you not keep Andy Levitri? That said, how do you not keep Lee Evans? That said, you look back. You know, I I mean, I was one of those people in both those situations. And, and I and I was like, and same with Pazlozny. Man, you got to keep Paz, but Pazlozny was off of like 15 mil a year or something stupid from the Jaguars. Andy Levitri was offered something ridiculous. And... Lee Evans, I mean, if you're pissing off Chan Gailey, that says something because he was mad Lee Evans couldn't run routes. And were were the Bills wrong in these guys? And, oh, by the way, Jarius Bird, what's he done lately? He's been injured, unfair. Yes, we like Bird. If Bird wanted to come back, I'd be like, hell yeah, how do you not? At the same time, at the same time, the next year he restructures his contract. Right. Why don't you just stay in Buffalo, dummy? You know what I mean? Why not just stay in Buffalo? Then again, you want a chance to win. You got a franchise quarterback there, Drew Brees. Look, all I'm saying, this stuff gets really scheming, but maybe they're throwing bones at each other here with Incognito, helping out. You know it's what I mean? possible. Because he would set the standard. He would drive. Richie Incognito would drive. That price, so far down. So far down. And Andy Levitra is getting so much money. And you got to look at it like this. I believe the Bills in this situation. Uh, When it comes to these big contract guys, or not even big contract guys, I should say releases that we take it personal. Fred Jackson was really hard. 
really mm-hmm. hard. That said, you cannot tell me you are not psyched to see what Carlos Williams has to offer. And there might be people who would say Carlos Williams has more to offer. But Fred Jackson is money on the pass protection. But Fred Jackson was also the third running back consistently in Seattle. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And. You kind of got it. Honestly, in Doug Whaley, we trust. I'm sure yeah, you're I mean, on board you know, with me at that. It's funny that you bring up running back because, you know, there is a little question mark there about maybe LaShawn McCoy gets suspended for the beginning of the season. And that gives us Carlos Williams and Mike Gillisley. Now that Booby's out of the picture, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Dude, think about this <coughs> too, me. right? Doug Whaley was on WGR today on the Howard Simon Show, so check that out. And that was for, again, March 3rd, 2016. And it was hour three, and there was actually... So you can, you know, connect some dots there for yourself. But one of the things he, he, he mentioned was take a look at our roster. We can draft anywhere. People ripped us for Darby. Guess what? You never know. Now look. Look at that Darby. Look what happened. McCalvin got hurt. Could have been the best thing to happen to the Bills in yeah. hindsight. Unfortunately, sorry, sorry, McCalvin, but could have been the best thing. That said... Darby, they might have been like, you know what? Let's just give him the shot. So now you have a yeah, situation I mean, it, that was that, according to to Whaley, was a situation of best player on the board. Right. So now, if you look at it with with the game right there, at cornerback, you bring in. Well, we're on that. You bring in Cromartie. Are they really? Because seems like Cromartie didn't even know about it. When you look at the news on NFL dot com, he was on. NFL Network for an interview is like, oh, it's news to me. He wanted to bring me in, or I was rumored to go there. You know, I mean, but that, he could be throwing the might, Jets a bone. I was gonna say that might be, that might be where you're throwing a bone. Conspiracy theory really fits in. I think Rex that, is trying. I think Rex is trying to throw something out there to take a shot at the Jets, like to drive the price up. Oh shoot! Well, not you not know? only not only that, he probably has a pretty good relationship with with Cromartie. And says, "Hey, you know what? You know, we're pretty much set at, at at corner. But why don't you come for a visit? Let the news hear about it, or even just mention that he's coming for a visit, right? And, and, and then and then it's just okay. Well, there's right there's teams interested in Antonio Cromartie. Should our team be one of them? Yep, yep. Drive that price up. And and if you piece it all together like that." Think about what happened at the cornerback position and other positions. You draft a nose tackle, best player available. You're telling me putting Kyle Williams on a rotation anyways or having that guy? Or, you know, we've talked about getting like a Muhammad Wilkerson type where he goes from nose tackle to DN. But Doug Whaley on this interview is what we're going for peace and stuff. I know I fell off of what we were talking about. You were talking about running backs. But what he brought up was take a look at the roster. Pick a spot anywhere, anywhere you can see us taking a guy. I could see him taking a, a safety. I really could. Somewhere in the draft or, or signing a nice safety for a value pick. I could also see the Bills first round, calling it right now, taking a linebacker who can cover. As in 
Doug Whaley dropped the bomb saying that Rex is going more towards a 34. And if you think about it, if you get an outside linebacker that can rush the passer and cover, that's less substitution. Right. And you also drop names of like Manny Lawson, which I think might be able to be that guy, but Manny Lawson is is not been known to be a pass rush guy. He he can, he's done it. He does okay, but there's it's a drop off when he's out there. We've already seen that a few years ago. You know, so but what he was asked to do in Rex's system, which is run that defense. Shit, Rex was so psyched on Lawson at middle linebackers. Like, we had no one else to throw in there. What if Rex does something crazy, like throw Manny Lawson at middle line, at inside linebacker in a 3-4, one of the two spots, and uh, he had freedom? You're looking at less substitutions is what my overall point is. Less substitution if you go more of a 3-4. You think uh, Marcel Darius has got the size to anchor a 3-4 line? Well, look what they did with... with well, you got to keep this in mind, though. Here's where the theory comes in. Marcel put... Darius already did this with, with the patent deal, right? Because right. that was primarily 3-4. Yeah. It's, uh, as far as they thought. So, which doesn't really make sense because, that you know, you look at this year, how that panned out. But if you, if you look at Marcel and, and Kyle, they're just essentially, they're, they're just blowing shit up. And you get a Mario Williams and a Jerry Hughes that year under the under their three four didn't really seem it. But one thing that they mentioned back then was, hey, th- there's going to be if there's three receivers out there. Obviously, you're, now you're a nickel package minimum. You're going to have three defensive backs on three. You're going to have your nickel back. You're going to have three cornerbacks on the field, and then up, you know, four wide receivers, whatever. You're going to want to match up. What I'm trying to say is. If you have that guy, because Doug Wayley dropped the bomb that dropped another little nugget, I should say, of information for you, which is, hey, if you look at our division, 60% of the time we're in sub-packages, which your right. base is 3-4, four, 4-3, four, whatever how you want to say. So you, you got all that. And then your nickel, your dime, blah, blah, blah. See, I'm kind of slow, so I try to explain this to people because I didn't understand it. Coming up in the game, I'm Madden as a child. And still now to this day. So, if you have a guy that can cover and rush the passer, you don't have to worry about subbing out as much for certain packages. You get what I'm saying? And no. Doug, Doug Whaley. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Doug Whaley and everybody, draft guys, you're, you're talking Mayock. They're saying that this draft is so deep, you could pick up a first to second round draft pick defensive lineman definitely a second round one in like the fourth round like that's crazy that's what i'm saying i I would not be shocked if two out of the three to two out of the four i I would say two out of the three were an outside linebacker and a defensive lineman like like an actual dude you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Because, it, but it depends what they want to play. Like I don't, I don't have the playbook in front of me. I don't know what they're going to do. But I wouldn't be shocked if two of those guys are something to do with the front seven on the defense. Let's put it that way. I would even take out the middle linebackers. Let's just take that right out. Out of a three-four, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like they, if it's that deep, 
Or did they really just follow? They they always say they just follow their board, and with Darby, they prove it. And I think the Bills stick with what they say. So it's kind of like the draft. I really have no clue, but if they came out with pretty much out of the first three rounds, two defensive linemen, I would not be bitching. I would be perfectly fine with it. Wreak havoc. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. But it's going to be, I think this is going to be Rex Ryan's defensive draft. This is where he gets some guys, really makes a push. Well, yeah, I mean, when he was in the when he was in New York, he drafted a defensive lineman first round three times. So that's something to think about. It really is. I mean, look at guys like you want to talk the guy we're trying to find here. We're trying to find just get him somebody good. You know, just just let's 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 just get this ball rolling on defense. Okay, Rex. Now you got the guy that was helping influence, you know, Isaac Mario Williams. It makes me wonder about Nigel Bradham because the Bills seem interested in bringing Nigel Bradham back, or at least that's what they were talking about. They've been talking about. And oh, hey, I mean, he's a really good tackler. When he when he's at he when didn't he's look at the as play- good though. Yeah, but. This this past season, you know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like his range wasn't what it what it was the year before. He wasn't getting to the play as quickly. Maybe the may, could could the scouting department be looking at Nigel Bradham like, hey, if this guy hit the street, we want to bring him in. He's shown flashes. Right. He had one really good year. You know, so maybe Rex Ryan has seen it because again, he's these coaches have been in the division. They're going to be watching. You know, when he's with the Jets, he knows the Bills roster, you know. So there could be something he knows about Nigel Bradham. I don't know. But for some reason, the Bills seem really interested in bringing in Nigel Bradham. And it frankly might be very affordable because a, a big argument over the season was, and even now is, if you had a choice, do you bring back Bradham or or Cordy Glenn, and I've always been on, nah, you prioritize bringing Cordy Glenn back. These left yeah, tackles don't it. fall off on trees. But a lot of people think Nigel Branham was such a specimen, you got to keep him. And Nigel Branham has been very serviceable for where he was drafted. Fourth, fifth round pick, one of those, I believe a fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. And he's panned out. You know, he had a little bit, he, didn't get, he had more of a spot duty thing under Chan Gailey, but He's really developed, and it kind of sucks. Like your player finally develops and blossoms to where you want to be, and now you got to release him. Now he goes and gets paid. That yeah, said, I'd that, rather replace a linebacker. Though. Yeah. Um, another thing Doug Whaley said that I, that I thought was kind of interesting in that interview today was uh, that Sean Sean Henderson's having having a positive outlook with his his health situation. He had uh, some Crohn's disease keeping him out during the end of the regular season there. Um, well, obviously the regular season. Obviously not the postseason. Okay, now I'm getting negative. But um, he also indicated that Chantrell Henderson's also not a lock for that for that starting right tackle job. He dropped that Cyrus Quanjo was still under contract and Jordan <laughs> Mills was coming along. Right. So what that makes me think is is 
By the way, I looked up Quanjo's number. Quanjo is due to make good money. Is he? Yeah. So that 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 right tackle spot. I I don't. He he. Dog way was saying, you know, competition breeds whatever. That's the coach speak. Expect that. Competition. You know, look at the three way quarterback competition. How that worked out. I would not be shocked because they're saying as well the offensive line goes decently deep in his draft too. So do not be shocked if they draft an offensive line, like a right tackle. And if they're bored the way it falls, and some people are calling tackle at 19, that would be meant. That would really be kind of meant. Yeah, I mean, if we got if we got a real high-talent tackle, I wouldn't hate that. Um, I mean, I think Chantrell Henderson's played pretty well. I don't know if there's any possibility of move, moving any of these guys around. I don't know if he could play inside. I don't know if Miller could maybe play outside. I don't know what any of these guys are really capable from of. What I, from level. what I connect, from my little dots connecting, Miller ain't going outside. No, they I, tried I, to I move Quanjo so. inside with Marone, drink again. <sighs> and they, they tried to salvage Quanjo, but Quanjo's actually improving. And Rex Ryan mentioned... Quanjo as well, which is why I also think maybe Quanjo's coming on, and that's why they had Craig Urbic dumped as well, because maybe they feel that they're good in that position. Because Jordan Mills, keep in mind, he used to be on the Bears, and he played with the offensive line coach, who was the offensive coordinator for the Bears. So, yeah, you know, that's pretty sweet. So, I, who knows? Doug Whaley could be calling it how it is, but I feel he's going to want to shoot some misdirection. They admit it. you got to throw out the hot smoke sometimes. And another, did you pick up on the uh, thing he said about EJ Manuel? Yeah. He stuttered a little bit, but Doug Whaley, to me, I give him the benefit of the doubt. He's always been a little nervous, but he, he kind of sounds it. He's not as confident talking as uh, yours truly here. Yeah, he... Uh... He didn't seem like he wanted to uh, just spit that answer right out, though. That one was—I I, I think he was taken back when they asked. You want to know something funny? You look at the list of free agents for quarterbacks, and then you think about EJ Manuel, and if EJ Manuel is like some quarterback on the Rams, that's that's a backup. It's like you know you need depth, man. Why don't you try shooting him like a six-round pick? You know, pick up that guy on the Rams, you know. Hey, he really, look, if you look at, you do what us Bills fans do, and you go, you never know. You, hey, hey, you never know. And next thing you know, it doesn't work. Point being, somebody might be looking at E.J. Manuel like that. Oh, and Dougie was making it sound like, hey, he's under contract. We want him here. And really, he's been kind of pumping him up a little bit. I, I I would not be shocked if they do E.J. Manuel the favor and trade him. But Maybe. you got to have a buyer. And you got to have someone behind Tyrod Taylor. Right. So that's... So you're... Then, I mean, you're really just creating your, more work for yourself. You might as well keep the him. This is the way I look at if it. If you're the Buffalo front office, trading trading E.J. Manuel would just be creating more work for yourself. In an offseason that already has... A lot of 
difficult obstacles as far as staying under the cap's concerned. Definitely, definitely, and, and though they're, they're drafting a quarterback in the mid rounds, there was even a guy on Bleacher Report. What's it? I, I don't know. You show me the video. Just something going off, and. Oh, I'm told by scouts of the Bills that... Oh, yeah, Matt Miller there on Bleacher Report saying that Bills scouts say Tyrod's only an average starter. Well, I mean, we'll see. that He had the, he had the seventh highest, you know, passer rating. I think that's... I think that says a They're lot. They're trying to downplay it. That's what they got to do. But at the same time... Cause, well, I mean, they, that's that's one more deal that they got to try to figure out how to get done. Yeah, and he did say, too... Matt, he did say, hey, they're going to pick up a quarterback in mid-rounds. It's like, no shit, dude. No shit. And if there's a draft to do it, it's this one. There's not a shine. The, the, to give to give you a perspective, it was brought up, and Carson Wentz is grading higher than E.J. Manuel was, to give you an idea. Okay? So... Layman's terms, you don't know who that is. He wasn't even in like an SEC school. He didn't even play at a top program. And he's from a small school. So people are really speculating, you know, they're kind of scared. But at the Senior Bowl, he showed he could hang, I guess. So I guess he's the real deal. I don't know anything. We'll have people on who know their shit about this draft prospects on probably in our next podcast actually we've got some people lined up so i think it's going to be it's not going to hurt to draft a guy it's it's financially really cheap it's cheaper to draft a guy and to have him sit on the bench oh yeah you you tie rod to flacco situation you know that's your ideal situation for me i want a guy who 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 wants a chance? You know, there's talk. You want to talk about chances first on draft pick. The kid Noah Spence, the kid's allegedly a freak. He has problems. He got kicked out of school. You know, he, but he came out and said, "Yeah, I did this and that." He owned it. I guess the interview great. I get drug tested every two weeks. This is where we get to see Rex Ryan work. All right. This is why I wanted Rex Ryan was for now. So to wrap this up, to give you a little preview of what I'm going to be on for a bit this offseason, I don't know if you agree with me, Adam. So weird calling you Adam. I always call him Deacon. So weird. Deeks. You want to call him Deeks? Rex Ryan allegedly gets guys cheaper to stay cheaper, and you're kind of seeing that maybe with Corey Graham. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna he's gonna be able to attract free agents. The Bills are in the news. Rex gets the media game. He understands what makes it work. And what he does is he's on bringing the eye to the Buffalo Bills. It's the first thing. And oh by the way, the Bills have already hit over fifty two thousand seats for season tickets sold. Yep. They're killing it. So, so much for the fans jumping off board. Man, I was wrong because on Twitter, everybody sounded like they were blowing up their things. I just made my dumbass payment. <laughs> Look at Don Sheldon was on my ass. Section 331 represent. Row six. Don't get it twisted. But 
this is where Rex is going to shine. This is where I can't wait to see who the hell they bring in. Because they're saying they're going to be you know, quiet, I would and they're going to have to be quiet. I, I, I hope you say something offensive and someone finds you in your section and starts, starts trouble with you. <laughs> hey, that Numb Bills fan guy, there he is, row six, get him. Just don't pull my hair. I've been growing this thing out for so long. They're gonna, they're don't gonna, pull on the mops, all right? They're Chill. Gonna, they're going to see the hot dog and know it's you. Definitely. Definitely going to see me shoving hot dogs in my face. Rex. It's your time, man. Make it happen. I trust in Doug. You guys got to trust in Doug. It's nice to see Corey Graham restructuring. Let's hope that they lock in Cordy Glenn to bring that number down for 13 mil. Is there anything they can do with Gilmore? If he's staying extending, to me, when you look at the math on a good cornerback, 11 mil per Gilmore really isn't that bad. But you got to leave Super Bowl champ now. You know, proven track record with the Pats. You know, and and Tampa, like, he, he's up there, man, like, and he's making 9.5, so hopefully the Bills can get, if Whaley's mentioning that extension, that must mean that is a key to a lot more other things. Yeah, but if that 9.5 comes with a Super Bowl ring, it feels a lot nicer. It does. They want to keep these guys together. That said, numbillsfan.com. Check us out. Yep. We're out. And by the way, FirstAndTwelve.com, an event for Hunter's Hope in Toronto, Canada, March 23rd. Check it out, FirstAndTwelve.com. There's less than 100 tickets available, so get on them. NumbillsFan.com. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at NumbillsAdamD. Follow Dave at NumbillsFan, and we'll be back next week. Peace.